Super Talk Mississippi media production. Free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. We're in the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg broadcasting this afternoon, and we're glad you're with us. I want to thank Dickie's Barbecue Pit for their support of the Eagle Hour and, of course, Southern Miss Athletics. They cook delicious food seven days a week. And here in Hattiesburg, you can enjoy it in the dining room, the drive through take home, however you choose. Just be sure you choose Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald, the uh, professor and the top sports writer in the state, uh, joining us for an extended interview this afternoon. Patrick, uh, good to hear from you. How are you? I'm great. How about y'all? Well, we're doing good. Uh, things on the coast good, I'm hoping. Patrick, uh, a, a nice midweek win, a team that really needed to win a midweek game. Southern Miss does come through last night. They beat Alabama over in Tuscaloosa by a score of 5-4. to four. Kind of a remarkable game in a sense that the Golden Eagles used 10 different pitchers and held Alabama to seven hits uh, throughout nine innings. Pretty solid uh Pretty solid statement about Southern Miss pitching depth we saw last night in Tuscaloosa, right? Yeah, and, and it really did show up in, in the midweek. They wanted to kind of put everybody in position where they can contribute on a on a four game weekend uh, uh, to start conference play against Louisiana Tech. So uh, they really put themselves in a good position to win that game on the road at Alabama. A really good RPI team is having a really good season, and Southern Miss had been really flat in the midweek up to this point. And they only have two more midweek games left on the schedule, so it was really important. To, uh, really important to kind of get that W out of the way in midweek against a really good team. And uh, the hitting, you know, it, they didn't exactly, you know, they put five runs on the board on seven hits, and that was enough. And uh, most likely, it's going to be more than enough for Southern Miss for much of the rest of the season. Obviously, Southern Miss has continued to kind of build their winning games right now, but you still want to see them hit a little bit better, but. Uh, to go up to Alabama and win that way was was pretty impressive. Well, the Gold Eagles have won now uh, nine of their last ten games, and their RPI jumped up to 34 last night. I think we talked about RPI just a couple of weeks ago. It was down in maybe 130, 135. So they've, they've made quite a move in regard to RPI over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, to, to sweep uh, Lafayette and come back with another sweep. Uh, you know, to really put the, you know, get Jacksonville State and get that series win. So uh, it, the more weekends you kind of pile up the victories, the more your RPI is going to kind of climb. And it's, our RPI is still a little weird right now. I mean, you're looking at Jackson State at 57. And so it's, it's really strange. It'll be another couple of weeks before it all starts to make sense. But uh, for Southern Miss to be where they are right now, 34, uh, that's a good spot. That means you can really kind of move up if you start piling up wins in conference play. And uh, there will be opportunities. You have eight games against Louisiana Tech, who's in the top ten in RPI. And, and uh, the overall, comp, the conference is pretty solid this year and, and some decent RPI games remaining on the schedule. So if Southern Miss uh, plays well and starts really kind of rack up wins against Tech and really the rest of the conference, 
uh, they have a chance to put themselves in a good position going into the postseason. I'll point out quickly that the team Southern Miss swept this past week, uh, Missouri State, they beat nationally ranked Oklahoma State last night in a midweek game. So that was, I think, a better baseball team than, than maybe you thought when you walked away from watching the Golden Eagles sweep them last weekend. No, I mean, Missouri State's in a, in a tough uh, conference. Uh, they've, you know, they've always been fairly competitive. So, uh, it's, it's definitely not like hosting Northern Colorado. It's, that's a, that's a series that, that really can go on the schedule and looks okay because everybody has some respect for Missouri State baseball. So, uh, yeah, all these r- real wins up to this point have been quality wins for Southern. All right, Patrick. I think Luke has a bone to pick with the Alabama baseball coach. Luke, jump in here. Patrick, you look at last night, really the only uh, – we hunt gave up two runs, but it was a nice pinch hit double that, that he gave up. Gabe Shepard um, just looks, you know, like he – they just need to, to let him recover. It doesn't look like he's ready. Right. Shepard was really the only pitcher last night that uh, that didn't really have a good outing, but I, I just thought it was very telling, uh, just the SEC arrogance after the game. Brad Bohannon said uh, of Southern Miss pitching staff, quote, we didn't see the type of stuff tonight that should cause us to punch out 13 times. Patrick, Southern Miss right now, number one in the nation in strikeout-to-walk ratio, number 11 in total strikeouts. I mean, what do you make of that? Uh, well, it's a little bit of ignorance probably on his part. I mean, and, and you see some college baseball coaches uh, get kind of lazy in not really knowing the opponent. Maybe that's what we saw out of Brad Bohannon, you know, you really do want to show up on you know you know on any given night and just play baseball and try to win. But uh, if you don't know what Southern Miss had to offer pitching wise uh, coming out there, you just you just didn't do your homework on your opponent. So uh, no, I mean that's that's what's been Southern Miss has been doing all season is quality competition. So uh, yeah, it's fairly arrogant and just uninformed. Um, when you look at the breakdown for the pitchers last night, I thought it was a, a genius plan and. Patrick, I mean, typically when you throw Johnny Holstaff, there's going to be there's going to be some innings where you're basically going to say we're going to give up a run, we're going to give up two runs here. I think velocity wise, Tanner Hall was uh, the least uh, velocity. He he effectively threw in the high 80s, but he had a nasty changeup that just kind of dropped off the face of the earth. Every single one of those guys was throwing low to mid 90s. You didn't see uh, Tyler Stewart last night, uh, the the big six uh, nine kid that hit 98 on the gun this past weekend. I mean, this is the, what the deepest bullpen Southern Miss has had in maybe 10 years? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I would say so. And just in overall numbers, I think maybe they've had better bullpens just because they've had two or three guys that were just absolutely exceptional. But uh, you have Garrett Ramsey who's looking like a perfect closer. And it's really encouraging to see somebody like Cody Carroll uh, starting to throw well. And if, if you get him going, that's that's a guy that you can kind of stretch out uh, out of the bullpen and, and, and really contribute from here on out some important innings. So overall, they, pretty much everybody they put out there, they got confidence in. And you're right about Gabe Shepard. Uh, that they just need to get him right uh, before they can really kind of rely on him. Yeah, I was going to ask. Uh, I mean, is it just still a lingering injury? Somebody made the point on social media that he, you know, he attempt or appeared to be breathing heavy out there, and you know, he was he faced uh, what. Four pitcher or four hitters, three hitters walk three, uh, and and I guess it's just in a situation where you're thankful for the depth that you have because it doesn't look like you can rely on him. No, and and it's probably a whole mix of things right now for Gabe. Just you know, whenever you kind of the injuries pile up, it can kind of get in your head a little bit. 
and uh, and and Christian Ostrander is really good at working his pitchers and working the mental aspect. So I don't doubt that they'll get him right to where he can be a, a nice contributor at some point this season. But uh, obviously, right now he's not right. You know, in a couple of different regards, probably. So uh, you just hope for him that. Uh, they can get some bullpens in and kind of build him back up and get him right. But uh, you can't really put a exact finger on it, so it, it may be kind of multiple factors kind of playing in for Gabe right now. Patrick, put in perspective the job Christian Ostrander's doing. I think he's just done a remarkable job. Oh, well, it's to me what held Southern Miss back uh, really up to the point that he got to Southern Miss is that they just did not develop the the depth on the staff. They didn't. Uh, they just really rode, you know, a handful of guys really hard, and not that they overdid it with some guys, but I mean, they just didn't really, they weren't able to build the confidence among the rest of the staff. And I think Ostrander and the staff have done a really good job of recruiting pitching. So obviously, uh, that has to come, uh, has to be taken into account. But uh, Ostrander has obviously shown that he can manage a, a large pitching staff and make sure everybody's going to be able to contribute. And that really just hasn't been the case for Southern Miss for. Uh, much of the time, Scott Barry uh, has been head coach. So uh, right now, he's he's built a staff that that's going to be right there with some of the best, and you know, obviously in conference USA and in the region nationally. If if this group can continue to get better, and Gabe Shepard maybe becomes something close to what we've seen before, I mean, it's it, I mean, that, there there's a chance there's something to be special. But obviously, there's a lot of work to be done with Shepard, but uh, to see some of these other guys stepping up and pitching really well. Uh, that's a, that's really good indicator for Southern Miss in conference play. It's almost the opposite of what we've seen in recent years, where we've just had you know bash teams that hit lots of home runs and scored lots of runs, but you kind of held your breath when your starter had to leave the game. It's almost the opposite now that the that the pitching staff is carrying the team. Yeah, it's really been that way from from the the season opener. The hitting has really been inconsistent. Uh, and and for the pitching to I mean we all have big expectations for the staff but uh, to to you know come in and see Stanley Powell Etheridge I'm, I'm guessing Boyd's probably gonna work back into the uh, rotation now they're going to four games on a weekend uh, it's it's really a staff quality guys every time out you're not uh, stressing as, as you know <laughs> if you're at the plate you don't feel like you have to go up there hitting a three run bomb every time so. Uh, it takes pressure off the, the lineup, but at some point they've got to start delivering a little bit more in their own uh, set because there are going to be some weekends where they're not going to be able to hold them down as much as they have. So uh, the pitching staff is exceptional. All right, Patrick, I've got a, I've got somebody here in the <clears throat> excuse me in the building. I'm going <clears> to <throat> excuse me ask him to step in and join us uh, in the next segment. Can you stick around? I wanted to maybe try to get a general discussion about baseball in Mississippi. Big series taking place. Uh, this weekend uh, with all the schools, and I thought it might make a, an interesting conversation. You got a few more minutes? Yeah, sure. All right, Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald will be back. Stay with us. The Eagle Hour continues. To the, top. to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back. Patrick McGee, sports editor of the Biloxi Sun-Herald, is with us this afternoon. And we've got a new guest in the studio. Larry Tate is the corporate sales director for TeleSouth Media. 
and I ask him to step in uh, and join in our conversation. Uh, Larry is a lifetime Mississippian and a lifetime sports fan and uh, lives up in North Mississippi, so he has a different perspective uh, that we may not get down here a lot uh, in regard to college baseball. So first of all, Larry, thanks for sitting in with us, and uh, Patrick McGee's with us, uh, Luke Johnson. Uh, Larry, you're a lifetime Mississippian. Uh, where did we? How did we get to the point we're at now when we have three premier college baseball programs at a state this small? Well, you know, in in my past experience in sports and all, I mean, in baseball, I mean, it, it's no doubt uh, it's Ron Polk in Mississippi State and what they were able to accomplish in the 1980s. Uh, first of all, they proved not only could you win, but you could be successfully financially in college baseball. And, you know, at the time when Mississippi State did that, Ole Miss was playing in a really in the park. They had wooden bleachers uh, <laughs> playing out on a grass field that, quite frankly, wasn't any better than a lot of high schools. Uh, Southern Miss had uh, great success. But a lot of it, I think, it's Ron Polk uh, proving that they could win and they could do it financially. And we'd benefit from weather. Uh, we get to play early and play often. So, and we win. And people like a winner. And fans uh, drift toward what they win at. Uh, you know, it's just like the college basketball tournament. Now, really, we've come down to this. If your team's not in it, you don't have any interest in it. Right. Right. Patrick, do you concur with that, that uh, a lot of the credit has to go back to Ron Polk? Yeah, absolutely. And and, and really what followed with LSU and their kind of run. So, really, you know, right there you look at what LSU did in that. Louisiana, Mississippi State, and Mississippi, and everything just kind of uh, worked from there on out. They showed that, you know, uh, these aren't two states that are rolling in the cash, but a little bit of investment can go a long way in college baseball, and that's happened for Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Southern Miss, LSU, uh, Tulane, and now you see Louisiana Tech kind of coming online. Uh, Louisiana Lafayette has obviously seen results. So it's a baseball, you know, crazy area, and they make enough investments in those sports to really kind of deliver, and that's what we've seen. And you know, it's 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 become almost an arms race now. Yeah, uh, in the region, right. everybody wants to make that next investment to to make them that much more attractive. And so far, those programs have been able to kind of uh, uh, lead the way in their respective conferences. Uh, Larry's, I love Larry's opinion about this because he's expressed this to me before. He, Larry's an Ole Miss guy, an Ole Miss fan, but he's not an SEC fan. He's an no, Ole not. Miss fan. Yeah. Uh, Larry, put in perspective as an Ole Miss supporter the job that Scott Berry has done in Hattiesburg. When you consider what Patrick just said, he's in the middle of LSU, Mississippi State, uh, Ole Miss, Louisiana Tech, Tulane, a lot of baseball right. powers all around. Perspective mm-hmm. of, of what kind of job he's done. Oh, it's been magnificent. You know, he's punched all the right buttons. Uh, he he took advantage of uh, the fact that he is surrounded by good high school baseball. I mean, if not the best in the state uh, in this area, and there's a lot of players, you know, and I remember when back when the Clarion Ledger used to do that, uh, it, well, I don't think they called the baseball team the Dandy Dozen, but they basically had the team's mm-hmm. uh, first-team all-state players. In many years, Southern Miss had more of those players than Ole Miss and State either one. Mm-hmm. And uh, Southern Miss has uh, weather. They've got fan support. And the for baseball to work – uh, it's like all collegiate sports. It has to be an event, not just a game, because it, the the price of the game, the price of attendance, the price to participate is rather expensive. And so you need an event, a family event. And baseball can provide that. It's an outdoor sport. 
Uh, right now, if you know, basically, if your basketball team's not winning, you're on the baseball because Southern Miss has a great atmosphere. Mississippi State and Ole Miss have that. And that's what Ron Polk did so well at Mississippi State. They made it an event back in the 19, late 70s, early 80s. I heard Ben McDonald this weekend say, you know, he was close to going to Mississippi State. And LSU hired Skip Burtman. But they hired Skip Burtman because of what they saw was happening at Mississippi State mm-hmm. and Ron Polk. So they 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 certainly had the weather. They had everything. They had the fan support. So And, and Scott Berry and Southern Miss, um, I mean, I'm just shocked right now that they're not uh, in the top 25 poll because I'll I, I tell you what, I challenge anybody to tell me that Southern Miss is not one of the 25 best college baseball teams. Right. I, I agree. Luke, I've got to guess you concur with that. Yeah, I mean, it's it, 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 a lot of things play into it, and, and something that Larry just said, uh, a lot of people forget uh, the atmosphere at Pete Taylor Park. You know, left field lounge gets all the love in, in college baseball. People forget the roost has been going on 36 years. Mm-hmm. And, and, Patrick, you know, as you cover sports in South Mississippi, what is it about baseball, though, that really attracts fans on the college level? Well, I mean, Hattiesburg is a baseball town, and it has been. They've always had really good organization on the youth level uh, going way back, and I think that's there's something similar to that in Pascagoula, Gulfport, Biloxi, uh, all the way over to, you know, Long Beach. Uh, just it, it, on the youth level in South Mississippi, they've always done it better, and I, I grew up in, in Madison, Mississippi, which there was some good or, good organizations in that area, but once you got to Hattiesburg, you realized, well, these guys really take it seriously, and there's uh, youth coaches have been doing it for a long time and do it well. So I think there's engagement uh, at an early age, and that really just kind of uh, uh, continues throughout the years. And, and I think it really that's what's really kind of lifted up so, Southern Miss over the years. Uh, whenever they started to invest in the program, uh, more people got engaged whenever they saw Southern Miss starting to take baseball seriously with Hill Benson and then Corky Palmer and now Scott Berry. So I think you've seen better community buy-in around the Southern Miss program, and it's really kind of a – it comes from a, a natural baseball history that's kind of built in in South Mississippi for a long time. Larry Tate, dude, Bob, I – One second. Bob, I was – Okay. Larry, one, one quick question to you. We, we fuss a lot on this show about we think – and you brought this up – that Southern Miss, Louisiana Tech, schools like that get underrated – and we feel that a lot of SEC schools just get the benefit of the doubt absolutely. and sometimes overrated. Right. Do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, I would issue, because I, I love college baseball, um, but I would issue a word of caution for college baseball. And you can hear it. You know, there's always a lag. If you have a problem, generally the result of that problem is two or three years down the road and vice versa. If you've got something good going, they have got to do something about the length of the game. Uh, more and more I go to games and people are complaining about the length of game and the pace of play. Uh, it's a problem in golf. It's certainly a problem in college baseball uh, for these games to last as long as they and do. football, too. I think. Yeah, college and all football. the plays, routine plays. Uh, it's just – it's got to move faster. I mean, it's even, it's even gotten too slow for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's just too much stoppage of play. Uh, I, and a lot of that is overcoaching, I think, at the collegiate level. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I think it's a real concern, and I think the baseball people like uh, the people, I think a Skip Burtman, a Ron Polk, any of those with insight would concur that they've got to do something about the pace of play in college baseball. And, and to that point, Patrick, last night I, I was just amazed at how many times they stopped the game at Alabama 
for five, six, seven, eight minutes to review something as simple as whether the runner uh, beat you beat the throw to first base. Did do you find that kind of annoying? I'm not a fan of reviewing in baseball at any level. Really, I think it needs to be pretty limited uh, when they do do it. They probably need to put a some you know some more limitations on that. But I I think you talk about the length of baseball games. I I remember back to the '90s and early 2000s where it was just guerrilla baseball and four and a half hour baseball games. <laughs> Nobody complained whenever they were hitting 18 homers a game. Uh, now all of That's a sudden, right. you know, Good the point. pitchers have the upper hand. And it's it's not as high scoring, so you don't have as much as adrenaline involved throughout the game. So it's a little bit different type of game right now. But whenever you factor in reviews and stuff, that does make it longer. So uh, there's little things they can do to change that pretty easily. All right, look, get in here. I interrupted you on the, your last question. I just thought it was really unique to hear what Eli Gold said last night. Southern Miss has had four head coaches in 53 years. Patrick brought up Hill Benson. And just, you know, before we run out of time here, just to kind of get Patrick and Larry's take on, on what Hill Denson has meant to baseball in the state of Mississippi. Patrick? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously he, he got this he, – he, he came in with the marketer's uh, mindset and was able to kind of uh, uh, get a lot more people involved. And you see what he's done at Bellhaven. He really has made a mark on Hattiesburg and – and college baseball throughout the state. Oh yeah, he he was step number one in the stepping stones. Uh, of you know, he's a great baseball guy and had a lot to do. I mean, he's just really instrumental in a lot of Southern men. Have you ever met him? He's a he's a oh yeah a character yeah. out of this planet. Uh, oh yeah, he's a character. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last, Larry. last time he was on the show, he he had to get off early because he had to go drive for Uber. Yeah. That's the last thing he was doing. Exactly. Right. Yeah. All right. Thirty seconds left, Larry. Where, where do you see the three, the big three, going this year? Well, I certainly see all three of them in postseason. Uh, I hope that I would love that Southern Miss would have such a great season uh, that they could um, host a regional. Uh, I would I, it would just be awesome, and I hope that geography and favoritism doesn't get in the mind of the committee. But I, I think it, at least I, I don't think there's any doubt that they're all three. I think there's a good possibility Ole Miss State could host. I hope that Southern Miss is in a position they can host. You know, I remember a few years ago Southern Miss was the number one seed and went on the road. Right. I think I remember that correctly. Right. No, that's, they, they hosted one time here as the number two seed yep. on their home field. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of funny how it works out sometimes. All right, Patrick, thanks uh, for your time this afternoon. Larry, thank you for stepping Certainly. in as well. Certainly. Uh, Patrick will be back with us uh, next Wednesday. Kelly Sanders next. Eagle Hour continues after this. to the top. Back on a victorious Wednesday. Eagle Hour continues. Third segment brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Country fried steak or chicken fried chicken was on the menu today. Trivia night tonight at 8 p.m. at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Go see our good friend Slade White and his crew over there. And we appreciate 
their support. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty, and now Kelly Sander from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Golden Eagles improved to 13-6 and uh, last night with a victory on the road, 5-4 to four over the Alabama Crimson Tide. Kelly, I, I give you a heads up earlier just to get your immediate feedback. I just want to do this again and bring this quote up because it just reeks of SEC arrogance. It reeks of why so many of us don't like uh, or, or have a, a legitimate beef with the SEC, and I'm not little brother flexing here. I'm not doing that. I'm just simply saying when you get beat, take your lumps. It's baseball. Anybody can beat anybody. But Brad Bohannon, head coach of the Crimson Tide last night, Kelly, we didn't see the type of stuff tonight that should cause us to punch out 13 times. Then why did you? Then why did, you, why did your Alabama players strike out 13 times? if it wasn't good enough stuff to strike you out. It sounds like, to me, an excuse. And I guarantee you, had Alabama won the game, you know, Southern Miss wouldn't have, have come up with any excuse. Um, because they know how important those midweek games are, particularly with the limited schedule that you have and the way that you have to bolster your roster. These midweek games, in many ways, now not for Alabama, perhaps, perhaps not as important the SEC, when you're pretty much guaranteed you're going to get to host six to eight regionals anyway. But, I mean, for teams like Southern Miss, these midweek games are, are very important. And to say that you kind of laid down, it, it's, it, it isn't, it's not only insulting. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a big boy and I can handle it, but it is the arrogance is offensive. It is. Um, Golden Eagles do jump 24 spots to 34 in the RPI. Guys, I want to go back and just kind of look last night. Um, some some big moments in the game. Freeman for uh, for Alabama was really good. I mean, he, he got started getting in trouble a little bit uh, in the sixth, but he kept the Eagles at bay. I watched him pitch at Jones College, quality pitcher. Um, but the Golden Eagles just literally ran Johnny Holstaff out there, Kelly, and apart from Gabe Shepard walking three batters, the Eagles were up for every single challenge. They pounded the zone. I thought one of the biggest pitching moments of the game is when uh, Johnson throws down to second. Dickerson uh, plays off that tag, and they think they've got a guy uh, picked off to end the inning. They review it, come back. He's safe. And what does Ock do? He comes back and strikes a guy out, you know, the next pitch after that delay. It just seemed like the Golden Eagle pitchers uh, just were up for the task against really good hitting last night. And Ostrander's got to feel good. He, he threw out ten guys. Nine of them got the job done. And if you want to go back to much earlier in the game, when Alabama really could have opened up a can, was early in the game. Yes. I think it might have might have been the bottom of the second uh, when they had it the was. bases loaded. Yeah, with no outs. Uh, and for you know the the mighty Alabama Crimson Tide to only come up with one run out of that. And if I'm not mistaken, you know the, the Eagles used a lot of pitchers last night, but uh, who came in and got those those key strikeouts? That was that was Chandler Best, and that was huge Best. because Best That's is right. a guy. Yeah. He was the 7A Gatorade Player of the Year for the state of Alabama a few years back. They've really tried to put him in the starting rotation. Hadn't worked out so far. They bring him in in that spot. You know, he had like a 15 ERA or something at that point. He gets two strikeouts and and retires. You know, and, and only gives up um, I think that one run. So that was I, bigger than the Ock moment. That was it, and I think that will build a lot of confidence in Chandler Best going forward for sure. Here, here was the, the biggest thing that I think it was that Southern Miss, they, they checked off a lot of boxes last night. Number one, they got the win. 
they needed a midweek win. And it doesn't matter how good the Eagles are going to do, you know, and I know that, that Coach Barry and his staff don't worry about it. And, and look, they're, they're as safe as any coaches have ever been at Southern Miss. But you get these, I think you call them keyboard warriors or something, Look, that they were never going to give the staff or the team any credit until they were able to win a, a big midweek game. Well, they did that. So you check that box. You also check the box out of they used a lot of pitchers, but yet you're going into now not a three-game weekend series, but a four-game weekend series against your number one rival in the West. And remember, as we mentioned earlier this week, the Eagles played La Tech eight times this year, not just four. So you've got everybody relatively fresh on the pitching staff ready to go this weekend. I just don't think the last week or so, week and a half maybe, have, could have gone any better for Southern Miss than it has gone so far. Now, you fast forward the tape to this weekend. You know, what would it mean for the Eagles to, to get at least three out of four and that's, that's a lofty expectation against a team like La Tech. But, man, would that be something if they could emerge victorious three out of four this weekend against La Tech. Mm-hmm. But, but, the, but everything's lining up just right. I mean, the Eagles are playing their best baseball they've played so far this year at a time when they need to against Alabama and now La Tech coming in, which that's going to really mean something. Well, funny you say that. Lane Burroughs, who is the head coach of Louisiana Tech, will be the guest on the Eagle Hour tomorrow. We're going to have an extended interview with Coach Burroughs as the Bulldogs travel from Ruston over to Hattiesburg for the weekend series. Kelly, uh, Larry Tate was with us a little earlier in the show, and he's a guy that lives in North Mississippi, lifelong sports fan, uh, you know, Ole Miss, Ole Miss fan. Uh, he he said he just thought it was outrageous that Southern Miss was not in the top twenty five. He said, I, "I dare anyone, anyone to tell me that Southern Mississippi is not one of the best twenty five baseball teams in the country." What is it going to take, Kelly? To uh, it's not like this is just a once a one off season where they've played well. I mean, my heavens, three years ago they won fifty games. I don't think they've won less than forty games since in a full season. What is it going to take to get some national? Respect. Well, Luke just mentioned that they jumped what twenty four spots in one night. Right. You know, by by beating Alabama up until last night, the Eagles had not been able to notch that midweek win against a, a caliber team. You know, they they did that last night. This series coming up this weekend is big. Means so much because if they stub their toe this weekend, then here goes everybody again. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Well, if they win this weekend, it puts themselves in the driver's seat. And then you have to they, – they would demand and deserve, you know, national attention. So this is a big series, you know, coming up. Uh, right. But I believe Louisiana Tech's ranked 23rd in, in, uh, in D1 baseball uh, this way. Even, yeah. even more important, they're 7th in RPI. So, so Bama was 5 last night, which – you know, you can be ranked. That's nice and everything, but the seating comes down at the end according to RPI. So, if Golden Eagles can take can get two or even get three this weekend, they would have, uh, you know, gone four and and two or or five and or uh, four and one against top ten teams in RPI, which would be absolutely yeah. huge. Kelly, eight kids pitched last night that don't pitch very much. They were on the mound against Alabama, as Luke said. All but one really stepped up uh, to the plate. Now, you're the father of a Division One college baseball pitcher. How important was that for those eight guys last night, seven of them at least, to get in an inning in a big game against a big-name opponent and, and pitch well? How, 
How important is that to to that part of the pitching staff moving forward? It all comes down to confidence. And I, you know, I mentioned that second inning when Best came in. You know, he's not had it. You know, wasn't wasn't any secret. He had not had a great year. And for him to rise up like he did against his in-state school, you know, he's from Alabama, and then to do that against Alabama, it's all about confidence. And if you have to, and if you have to give special kudos to somebody so far this year, you expect your number one and two guy in the rotation. I mean, they're your donkeys. That's what they call them, the guys that you're going to put out there in those big games. But Etheridge, Etheridge, this kid's a freshman, right? right. He's really good, <laughs> and, too. Isn't he? And, and, yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> So, so he's unflappable. Now, he comes from a very rich uh, high school baseball tradition at West Lauderdale. And I've, got, I've seen him pitch extensively at the high school level. But he's unflappable. He has the perfect demeanor for a pitcher. This is a guy that you're going to hang your hat on for, you know, for there won't be any injuries you know, in his career. But, man, if that's a guy that has really emerged. And nobody really talks about him. I mean, they mention he's going to start. But nobody really, which I'm sure fine with him. But man, if you've got to give somebody a, a attaboy so far this year, it's it's been Etheridge because, like I said, you'd expect the first two guys to do that, but Etheridge has been fantastic. Well, as as great as the game was last night, it's certainly not as important as the four games coming up—a four-game series this weekend against Louisiana Tech, and then later next month they go to Louisiana Tech for four games. It's incredible, Kelly Sander, to think that. These two teams, as much rivalry and connection as there is between the programs, are going to play eight times in the next thirty days. Because it's going to be a real, it's going to be a real test, litmus test as to where these programs are. Because remember, Louisiana Tech is a senior-laden team. You have a Southern Miss team. Notice how nobody has talked about how young Southern Miss is the last couple of weeks, right? Because <laughs> they've been winning, right? So you, you've got these two programs, and La Tech, remember, hosts the conference tournament right. this year. So it'll be really big to see how they perform, not only here, but then going over there as well. Because the only thing that guarantees you a trip to the regionals is winning, winning that uh, tournament. All right, Kelly, thank you for your input. Lane Burroughs, head baseball coach, Louisiana Tech University, on the Eagle Hour tomorrow. We look forward to that. Jack Duggan is going to join us as well. Catch us up on the big weekend headed for campus. Luke and I back in just a couple of minutes to wrap up the Eagle Hour. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment today brought to you by D-Bat and D-1 Training. Both located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. D-Bat, Hattiesburg.com. Baseball in full swing. Softball in full swing. Let some of the best instructors in the Pine Belt help you, your child, and your team. D-Bat and D-1 Training in Hattiesburg, a couple news and notes. Softball on the road tonight. Go get them, Lady Eagles, taking on the University of Mississippi in Oxford at 5 p.m. Let's make it two nights in a row. Get after them, Coach LeVan and the ladies, as they head up there. You can listen 
on uh, southernmiss.com. Southern Miss female tennis player Sarah Medic named the Conference USA Female Athlete of the Week. So not just tennis. This is uh, all the Conference USA. She went 4-0 and uh, last week. A member of the all-freshman team last year. Uh, she helped Southern Miss defeat UAB and Louisiana Tech. She won in singles as well in doubles. So congratulations to Sarah Medic, Conference USA Female Athlete of the Week. Recapping last night in Conference USA. Southern Miss, of course, knocks off the Alabama and Crimson Tide 5-4. to four. Old Dominion defeated Virginia Commonwealth 5-3. Charlotte beat Appalachian State 15-5. Western Kentucky dropped a 13-6 contest to Louisville. Samford defeated UAB. Miami defeating Florida Atlantic 14-9. Stetson beating Florida International 6-3. Louisiana Tech defeating uh, Louisiana Monroe. So Coach Burroughs uh, defeats Coach Fed. Uh, in Ruston, and then Rice knocked off Chad Kaye's Texas A&M Aggies last night, two to one. So nice win there pretty, for the uh, pretty, Yeah, big, uh, big, big wins there for a bunch of uh, Conference USA teams. Looking at the the updated RPI, we told you Golden Eagles moved to thirty fourth. Louisiana Tech right now at seventh, which is pr- pretty cool. Mm. Top two. Uh, Conference USA teams, Louisiana Tech at 7, Southern Miss at 34, Old Dominion right behind the Eagles at 36, Charlotte at 41, Marshall at 61, and FAU dropped 14 spots last night after that loss. They're 66, UTSA just outside the top 100 at 104, FIU at 128, Western Kentucky at 137, Middle Tennessee at 187, Rice 225, and UAB, who's having a tough year so far, at 241. The Golden Eagles move up 24 spots, Bob, uh, to number 34 right now. It's just hard to overemphasize how huge this series is this weekend. It would be huge under any circumstance, but you add that fourth game to the scenario. And then and then the scenario of Saturday, Luke, and that's a big difference playing a seven-inning game and a nine-inning game. Getting out in front, not falling behind, is going to be really important on uh, Saturday because you – you know, you don't want to get you don't want to get four or five runs down, and you have two less innings to make that back up. So, I think whoever pitches the best out of the gate in the two games Saturday that that will be a really really important the determining factor as to how this thing plays out. Just need to remind everybody involved that Pete Taylor Magic needs to move to the first three innings of the game, not the no, last. No three. question. So that, yes, no question. I think as far as the, the rotation, I, I, I think I could be dead wrong. I, I'm, I'm tempted to, to think that Powell will move to Sunday um, simply because when you look at Etheridge and Boyd, they've been good for two trips through the lineup. So typically when they get in trouble is, is mid-sixth or, or the seventh. Of course, Etheridge was lights out 16 in a row this past weekend. I, I think that they'll go Boyd and Etheridge on Saturday and then let Powell because of his ability to work deep into games. But We've been saying it all year, and, and here's where it is. You In a three-game series, you can get by with a stud pitcher, a good pitcher, and Johnny Holstaff. In a four-game series, it's the teams that have deep starting pitching that don't expose their bullpen in the first two uh, uh, games of the series. And Southern Miss, as shown last night, is one of the deepest uh, clubs, not only in the conference, but in the country. So I think the four-game series bodes well and get thrown in, out of the fire into the frying pan. Uh, it was big for those guys to get the type of experience they did last night because they're going to need every single one of them this weekend.
Luke, can a pitching coach be named the MVP of the team? Because if you were voting right now, I don't know how you would not vote for Christian Ostrander. He's been good, man. He's been extremely good. I, I, I in some ways, I don't want to. I don't want um, the pitching staff to see what Bohannon said last night. Yes, I'm mentioning that the third the third time, but I want Oz to see it because uh, Coach Oz needs to just. That was an amazing way he called that game last night, and to put put trust in Chandler Best with bases loaded. You know he's been having some some issues, and he gets in there and and gets us out of that jam. And then, man, how awesome is it? You're on the road in the SEC, and you might as well just play Inner Sandman by Metallica and while Garrett Ramsey runs in there. I mean, somebody was playing that somewhere. Seven for seven in save opportunities so far. Well, you know, the Alabama coach can say anything he wants to. That would be like a heavyweight fight, and you've just knocked your opponent out. And when he comes to, he looks at you and says, you know, you don't really hit that hard. I mean, you just look at him and grin. So I'm sure that Coach Oz uh, grins when he hears about that comment. He should. To quote the famous Lauren Johnson, Bob, when she watched the last out with me, she just kind of mumbled under under her breath, roll on home, Tide. Roll on home. (laughs) There you go. Final score, Southern Miss 5, Alabama 4, despite the fact that Alabama did not see pitching that would cause their players to strike out. Louisiana Tech next. Lane Burroughs, head baseball coach of Tech, on the show tomorrow. Jack Duggan, that's a great show. Those two, we look forward to it. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle. Let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.